Was that good? I mean, did that art- <laughs> did that did that articulate? What you did wanted? you feel like it? Did you feel like it did? Welcome to the Homework Collective. I'm Pat Ward, along with Taryn Mao. Today, we're going to be talking about fair fighting rules. Uh, hopefully, this is an early one of our podcasts that will be very actionable, very practical for you. When we deal with couples, usually they come into our office and they have conflict breaking out everywhere. And over time, it's really easy to blur the line between what is effective communication and what is really bad conflict that just kind of keeps us stuck there. Uh, even small things linger for days, and it's hard to find any kind of connecting points when you're in conflict together. So oftentimes we give fair fighting rules early in our work with couples just so we can hopefully slow down conflict so that we can begin good, healthy work. But today we're going to focus on those rules. And so, Taryn, I'm going to throw it to you for the first rule. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, first and foremost, number one, we're going to try not to get historical meaning we're not going to bring up past hurts as ammunition during conflict. Um, That's only going to cause defensiveness. And so this is a a huge rule. Focus on the present conflict when we're talking. We don't bring up a lot of the extra stuff because it tends to just escalate the conflict, right? We get more reactive and causes more defensiveness. Yeah. And this is, this is rule number one, because this is often the first rule that people break. It's so much easier when you feel like you don't have a firm footing in conflict. It's a lot easier to bring up the past. It feels like it gives you more weight to your argument, but often it just takes it from, you know, being able to focus on what you need to focus on. And it just kind of blows up into a a higher level. And it Um, makes sense with the couples we see, Pat, because I mean, they haven't resolved this conflict, right? So they have multiple conflicts they want to bring up. Often it's the same conflict, just different example of that conflict. Right. And so they're bringing it all up all at once magnifies the problem absolutely and nobody says hey let's stop and get historical you don't realize it until you look back on it so i usually tell people you know if you're scorekeeping if you're if you're saying yeah but you did this or yeah but i've done this every day since then i've taken the trash out every day so you know the conflict kind of devolves into scorekeeping that's one sign that you're getting historical Uh, the other one is if you use words like always never every anytime you use absolutes it's a pretty good sign that there's some some historical stuff going on and um you know even a broken clock is right once a day so usually always (laughs) never every is not true but it's almost always not helpful. And so if we can push beyond that to what's really going on, what's wh- what's really happening in our home and in our relationships, we can get a lot closer to s- some kind of practical solution there. Yeah. And when you start off fighting about one thing and you keep going and then you're like, how did we get to this topic over here? <laughs> right. That yep. is a true sign of we got historical. Yeah. And we usually get there every time. You know, most couples after the first 90 seconds, they have the same fight they always have. It just exactly. started at a different place. And that's exactly. because gravity takes us back towards getting historical just about every time. So that's rule number one. Don't get historical. All right. What about rule number two, Pat? Let's go. Don't get hysterical. So don't get historical. Don't get hysterical. I don't even know. Is that a politically correct term? I mean, is that still, can we, do we, can we use that? Uh, we're going to use it for now, but if somebody wants to comment and correct <laughs> us later on, that's totally fine. It goes with the historical, hysterical, <laughs> <laughs> it right. might be it might be a little incorrect un- i'm not sure yeah yeah so keep your emotions under control 
if you get flooded with emotion, which is what we talk about a lot, like if the river just starts to flood and you're trying to sort things out practically, it's really hard to keep your eye on any kind of healthy objectives in conflict. So if, if somebody's getting hysterical, we need to slow things down. We need to, we need to try another strategy, at least for a little while. Yeah. And when things kind of get out of control, when emotion takes over, um, we're no longer responding with that emotion, but we're just reacting, right? It's that automatic response. Um, we will talk about this later on, probably in another podcast, but we enter into the fight flight freeze mode of our central nervous system. And, and so when our body takes over, we're not thinking logically, right. And it's just, um, we're reacting to each other rather than sharing with each other how we're feeling. Yeah. We're fighting to win. We're fighting to escape. We're not fighting for resolution there. Exactly. And oftentimes, you know, when we're in conflict, we're fighting to protect ourselves from the other person. That's right. That's right. We're going to do a whole episode eventually about timeouts in conflict, why that helps, not just from a uh, communication level, but why that also helps from a psychological and physical level as well. Um, But rule number three is um, equally as important and it goes important and it goes along with that hysterical part. And that is to schedule your conflict. Well, don't have conflict during times when you're going to naturally be prone to emotions running high. So conflict before you take kids to school in the morning. Not a good idea. Conflict mm-hmm. over text message. Probably not a good idea. Like, let's let's respect conflict. Let's have it during times when uh, it can be productive. It can be helpful. And it doesn't it doesn't have to break us down. Exactly. And I think that that just makes us think about what's realistic, what works for you. Right. For me, mornings are such a bad time. I need time to wake up. I need my coffee. Right. We, we cannot talk, bring something up in the morning. And that could be different for everybody else. Right. I mean, evenings could be bad. I know it's hard to find a time if you're busy, your parents, you're working, whatever, midday, if that's the best time. Right. But you have to schedule it. That's why scheduling it is so important. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes when when we're getting historical or hysterical and we're just not getting anywhere, it's good to reschedule it and just say, hey, let's we've, we've reached our limit here. Let's come back again instead of just saying, hey, I'm done talking about this say let's talk about this tonight after the kids go to bed when we have some time i usually tell couples try to reschedule it within like a 36 hour window don't let it be swept under the rug or linger too long a lot of times we come back a couple hours later we can usually get some traction a lot faster and sometimes we even realize oh i don't know why we're fighting in the first place so it's it's good to to kind of let the emotions die down let all that water get back in the river come back and reschedule it for later on Absolutely. And saying, I love what you added there, just letting your partner know that you're going to come back and have the conversation, right? Because chances are there's one of you that leaves more often than the other, right? There's one of you that wants to resolve it right then. And there's one of you that's like, I'm done. I'm walking out of the room, whatever, right? So if you can give your partner that cue, that signal of like, you know what, this really matters to me and I want to resolve this with you. And you say that it can help calm their nervous system so that you can go calm your nervous system. And then you can come back and resolve that conflict later on, like you were Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. And the hard, I tell people all the time, the hardest thing to do in marriage, the hard, the biggest commitment you are making when you get married is I will revisit conflict when it's more appropriate. That's, it's so hard to bring back up again. I talk about it as like the Hotel Rwanda effect. Have you ever, have you ever seen the movie Hotel Rwanda? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's a great movie. I have not seen it because it's a movie about genocide and I'm never in the mood to watch a movie about genocide. So like when I'm doing great, I don't want to watch something that's going to take me down. And when I'm doing bad, I'm in a bad mood. I want to watch something that's going to make me feel worse. And a lot of times 
conflict is that way too. So later on, it's a couple hours later, we're all doing great. We don't want to bring something up that's going to kill this party. We're, we're fine. We're laughing. We're happy again, but we still need to bring it up or things are going worse. We're fighting about something else. And we don't want to bring it back up again because we, we're already kind of in that space where there's tension, but we've got to bring it back up. That's the only way. Uh, I think a lot of times that's the only way to solve the hysterical problem is by bringing it back up, being willing to talk about it later on. I feel like you're talking right to my right to me, Pat. <laughs> I am a conflict avoider for sure. Oh, we gotta oh. we gotta bring it up. So the next uh, the next one number four is about conflict avoiding too. It is a strategy called stonewalling. Why don't you tell us what that is? Sounds like you might know it. I do know about stonewalling. Yes. So I mean, <laughs> stonewalling. Um, the term I think was coined by um, the Gottmans um, in their Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse is what they call that in their research. And these are just four um, strategies, methods that we commonly use in arguments, in conflict with each other that aren't going to help the relationship. And, and that's going to be another episode for another time as well. Stonewalling is when you just shut down. So it's that glossy eyed look on your partner's face when you're speaking to them or you're speaking at them. Right. And they're just, they're not there. They're not present with you. It's like they, they, went their mind went someplace yep. else right and you can tell because they're not really they're looking at you but they're not looking at you it's that empty look in their eyes um and the only way to avoid a stonewalling is to take that time out like we talked about it's to go find some way to soothe yourself and how you're feeling uh maybe it's going for a walk maybe it's um just pausing for a moment maybe it's writing out your thoughts whatever it is um, you'll know it when you experience it. Very good. Very good. So just to recap before we go on, don't get historical. Don't get hysterical. Schedule your conflict well. Number four, no stonewalling. Number five, don't make it personal in conflict. Taryn, you made a great point earlier about why things often are made personal. We get into name calling. We start talking about each other's character. What's What's behind that? Yeah, you know... I think that oftentimes um, conflict doesn't actually come from a place of malice, right? We're not malicious yeah. people. Rather, we just can be thoughtless at times. Um, that's something I learned early on um, from from another therapist. And, and so that just means that it's not personal, right? And so when we make it personal, when we call names, right, that's when the defensiveness comes in there. When we judge each other's character, right? That's when it becomes personal. It's not personal. It's more of a behavior issue, right? You did something that hurt me or you didn't do something that hurt me, right? Like I needed this from you and I didn't get it. Yep. And that, that can feel personal, especially if it's a chronic issue and you all have had the conversation about it over and over and over again, right? It's a part of your cycle. But, but most of the time, it's just a place where I'm being thoughtless in that moment. Um, it's a skill maybe that I'm not quite good at. Right. And so it's hard for me to recognize those moments where I need to practice that thing that you've asked me to do. Yep. And so it's just thoughtlessness. So I think if we can just think of it that way, like, oh, that was just thoughtless. Right. It, it becomes way less personal. Yep. It's all, it also becomes habitual. And a lot of these rules get broken out of habit. And so if you're a couple and you're listening to this, one of the most important things you can do is set a season aside of, hey, we're going to build some new habits. We're not going to shame each other because we're not great at communicating. We're not going to give up on each other. We're just going to set some new habits. And so one of them around not being personal when it comes out of thoughtlessness is a great one. Um, I also teach couples to try to create the habit of using I or me statements when you're trying to um, 
statements is something that's that, that is you know really helpful it keeps it from getting personal it keeps it from getting off track um another rule this is a, a small one but also important number six don't threaten divorce or breaking up yeah absolutely i mean that just instantly creates a sense of um unsafety in the relationship right the moment's we're in an argument the moment you threaten breaking up in the relationship. It's a small one, but it's actually really huge for the relationship in that moment, right? Because even if I logically know you're committed to me in the relationship in that moment, I actually believe it's true, right? And so that feels really unsafe for a lot of people, of course, right? Because it, it would be your worst fear coming true to have your partner leave you. So yeah. we don't want to threaten things like that. We also don't want to threaten that to have power over your partner, right? That's a moment of like, I want to win, right? I want, this is the only way I can win in this yep. argument. And that's not helpful either. Yeah. And that, that kind of segues, segues us into the next, uh, the next rule. Yep. Uh, and that rule is that winners are always losers when arguing. Um, the goal is to win an argument. The relationship loses. This is important. If you pick up on the fact of that, this is something that you are doing without realizing if it kind of becomes aware of you in times of conflict or if you pick up on it in your partner this is a good way to kind of slow things down and say hey i feel like we're both trying to win here let's try to figure out how to get on the same side of this conflict not pull each other to the other side of it i know that there are some of us who are just natural debaters right or our thinking is a little more black and white and and that can be so hard right when you're like i know i'm right here i know i'm right so it does taking it does take taking a step back to say, ah, the relationship is losing, right? We are losing right now. And then you can just redefine that goal of why you're arguing in the first place. Arguments are not bad. All of us fight. We need to fight. We need to argue. We need to work things out. The goal here, though, would be to be understood by your partner and to understand your partner, right? That's the common goal. If if that's what we can get through an argument, that's what really matters. That's right. That's right. All right. That's enough rules for now. We're going to give a quick up, quick reminder. The first one is don't get historical. Don't get hysterical. Schedule your conflict well. No stonewalling. Don't make it personal. Don't threaten divorce or breaking up in the middle of a conflict. And the last one is winners are always losers when arguing. We gave you a lot. We dumped a lot on you. If you heard one that seemed to really resonate that you pick out is like, man, that's the one that I break the most if you can take one away that you're going to try if you if you break it to apologize for and try to back up a couple of steps or if you your partner tells you hey i'm going to try to work on this one like give them a redo give them a chance to to build a new habit by creating some muscle memory there and um and really just try to take away one or two things from what we've been talking about today that you can incorporate Um, there's one last important thing we want to make sure you know before this podcast is over taryn why don't you say that yeah this is a really important um thing to consider there's a difference between an unhealthy conflict pattern and an abusive pattern in a relationship so if you're listening and you're in a relationship with some sort of physical sexual or emotional abuse please reach out for help um patterns often run much deeper there and and have much more serious considerations for making change so we'll probably add an episode on that later on but if you are in an abusive relationship please reach out awesome if you want to connect with us about that or about anything else that we talked about today or about ideas you have for the podcast, you can do that on Facebook or at patwardcounseling.com or taryncooper.com. That's Taryn with Y-T-A-R-Y-N. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hope you all have a great one.